Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning and welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, So excited to have you on board with us today. I've got a phenomenal guest joining me today. I'm so excited to introduce you to him. Uh, But first of all, you know, I wanted to give a huge shout out to my team here at Voice America. Uh, This is an incredible group of people. They are helping me to get my message out there and also my guests as well. And uh, oftentimes people think, well, you know what, is it just a podcast? Is it just a one-person show? I want you to know that there's a whole team of people here helping me. So guys back in the room and everybody here at Voice America, thank you so much for all your help. All right, so we're going to get going with our guest today. So today I have featured on the show Silo Moses. So I first met Silo at an event in Las Vegas, and it's so interesting because I'm a big believer in you attract what you put out, that law of attraction and setting intentions. And when you set an intention to meet certain kinds of people or attract certain kinds of people in your life, you just seem to attract those people. It was interesting because Silo and I were at an event together. We ended up sitting down for lunch and he is exactly the kind of person that I wanted to attract into my life because of all the good work he is doing uh, there in Las Vegas with the homeless. So Silo, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Great. Great to have you, Silas. So very first thing, what I love to do on my show is I like to give my guests permission to brag. And, uh, you know, in, in this society, bragging's not always really acceptable. But here on this show, it's 100% judgment-free zone. I want you to go ahead and brag about some of your biggest accomplishments. Uh, so f- tell us, first of all, what your, what your business is called, what you're doing. And then I, I give you total permission to brag. So, Silo? Well, awesome. Thank you so much. And first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on your show. So humbled. Such a great experience. And thank you for giving me permission to brag. (laughs) It still feels a little uncomfortable to do this, to be honest with you, uh, because I'm not one who brags. So just bear with me if you can. Um, But uh, first and foremost, again, my name is Silo Moses, and uh, I have an organization in Las Vegas. Uh, We probably call ourselves Serving Hope LV. And what we do is we serve those who are less fortunate. Less fortunate to us is anyone who's unemployed, underemployed. Uh, Simply what that means is single moms, single dads, maybe four kids in the household, works two part-time jobs, and still can't keep food in the fridge. And we serve those who are homeless. And we serve them with fresh food, clothing, hygiene, haircuts, love, hugs, you name it. And we do this on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing it weekly, nonstop for the past three and a half years. Um, So to get uncomfortable and brag a little bit, again, thank you for giving me the space to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Well, uh, I guess the the biggest that I could brag about, which is really cool. I never in a million years would have thought this would have happened to us, to our organization, or to myself, is the fact that I've been recognized by the United States Congress and the United States Senate for our work in philanthropy. Uh, I've also become, uh, been featured in Vegas Inc. Magazine, been featured by Cox Business, featured by Inc. Magazine, featured by Vice Magazine, 
uh, been awarded the top ter- 10% of profiles viewed on LinkedIn, uh, been awarded Hometown Hero twice, awarded Top 100 Man of the Year in Vegas, and also Top 40 Under 40 by Esquire magazine. Wow. So. Well, that's quite that's quite the <laughs> list of accomplishments, Silo. And uh, thank you for for bragging and for stepping up and do that. I know lots of people don't feel comfortable with that, but you know it's those accomplishments that uh, that I I love to hear about because especially with you, I know where you started and where you came from, and and that is particularly touching to me. So you didn't just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I've got all this money. What am I going to do with it?" How am I going to help all those people? Uh, let's dive into the story of how you got into doing all this. Where did your story begin? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's only fair to say, too, that most of the, these awards and recognition has really only came to me within the last couple of years. Up to this point, uh, the biggest reward or award or recognition I've ever gotten was getting like a C plus on my math quiz in school. <laughs> That's so, great. Well, good, good job. Congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so how this all literally got started, and you're absolutely right. I didn't wake up one day and say, hey, you know, I've got, you know, a ton of money. I'm going to go out and give back. It was and not that that's even the case today. You know, this literally came to be because I had this driving urge and passion with inside of me to actually go out and serve, you know, not a ton of people, not a thousand people. I just wanted to serve one person. And I just wanted to go out and keep one person out of finding food in a dumpster just for one night, just for one hour, just for one encounter. And... I essentially uh, did that by going out into our homeless corridor here in Las Vegas with a pot of spaghetti. And with that pot of spaghetti, literally went out and served 30 people. And it's really as easy and as simple as that. Didn't give a ton of money. Didn't go out with this grand notion to serve 1,000 people, 5,000 people. Just to keep one person out of a dumpster was just what started all this, which was the driving motivator to you know go out and serve now where did you get this desire to help one person why were you so passionate about just uh, helping somebody not have to get their next meal out of a dumpster yes uh, very good question actually so this the drive to go out and serve was literally my way of paying it forward my way of paying homage to where i just come from See, I went and served my first pot of spaghetti three and a half years ago because four years ago, actually January of 2014, I had gotten back on my feet after being homeless myself. So I was homeless here in Las Vegas. I didn't have a car to sleep in, so I didn't sleep in my car. I didn't have a couch to sleep on, so I didn't couch surf. I literally slept in abandoned buildings and ate food wherever I can find it for seven months. So, Silo, what was it like to be homeless? And did you feel like somebody stepped up and took care of you during that time? Who who fed you? Who made sure you weren't starving? Who uh, had your back when you were dumpster diving? Was there anybody? Yeah, and a great question as well, because I'm a firm believer today, and a lot of what I do today is stepping up for those and getting them to the point where, you know, they need to be, you know, uh, we essentially 
you know, we have a mission and, and part of our mission is, you know, not to go out and serve a bunch of people in line, but to get them out of line. And because to us, we don't see people who are less fortunate. We see future doctors, future lawyers, future school teachers, and we see them, you know, where they're meant to be, not where they're at now. So we kind of step in when they're ready to help them get to that next place. And we do that. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say that reminds me of something that I've heard before. I'm sure everybody's familiar with. You can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you can teach him how to fish and feed him for a lifetime. So what you're doing is you're saying, hey, you know, we're going to give people fish, but what our ultimate goal is, is let's teach them how to fish. Let's teach them how to get off the streets, how to tap into their potential, how to become all that they can become. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. It's just like we'll serve everyone and everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we're there to do. But we essentially, the real work begins once we spot somebody in line who's ready. Now I want to go. Like who's just. Uh Uh-huh. I want to go back a little bit here because I want to hear more about your story. How did you become homeless? Was it something where you made some major mistakes? Uh, Was it just something that happened to you? Why why did you find yourself without a home? And how did you get yourself out of that situation? Yeah, uh, great question as well. Yeah, and this kind of touches on what you just asked as well, as if there was someone who kind of stood in and helped me out you know, at a point to where you know, I didn't believe in myself. And yes, the answer is yes. And, you know, I typically am not the person you would think of when you think of someone who's less fortunate. Uh, you know, uh, when you see someone who's less fortunate, you usually think one of three things. You usually think, one, they're either an alcoholic, mm-hmm. two have mental challenges, or three, um, drug addict or drug abuser has drug challenges. Uh, I, myself, uh, rarely ever drink. I do not do drugs, and I have zero mental challenges that I'm aware of. That's right. So um, I essentially ended up going into homelessness because I was one paycheck away from being homeless, and that one Friday where my paycheck was supposed to come, it never did. And that was the beginning of everything. I just got the chills, you know. I think there are a lot of people in this country that are really close to finding themselves in the same situation. And I think that this is where there needs to be a big awareness, too. When you walk by somebody on the street, uh, you don't, you know, you, you, you don't have the right to judge. They could have some problems, but really, it could be that they're you in a few years. Or I, I don't know, what did you think, Silo, when you saw homeless people prior to you being homeless? Uh, did you feel like, oh, yeah, you know what, they probably have this drug problem, they probably made these mistakes, they probably squandered all their money. What were the thoughts going through your head previous to you being homeless when you walked by somebody on the street that was without a home? Yeah, some of the questions that I've had or some of the thoughts that came into my mind when I saw someone who was less fortunate before experiencing it was exactly that. I, was, I, I never gave them money. Um, I was that person. When I saw them, I'd kind of shy away, not give them eye contact, you know, uh, hope that they don't pray, like pray that they don't ask me for a dollar. Like I was that person. And it's the opposite of who I am today because today 
now I'm completely compassionate and I have passion for those who are less fortunate. Today, I give them eye contact. Today, I still don't give them money, uh, but I give them everything else. Um, so I was exactly that. That's why I always say we either think they're drug addicts, drug or uh, alcoholics, or have mental challenges because I thought the same way before going through homelessness myself. So what a great lesson for you to learn. Now, who stepped up for you? Who saw the potential in you, and who helped you out of that situation? Uh, I had a, a friend of mine. It's actually, uh, you know, it is a very long story behind this. I actually wrote a book. My, it was about with my personal journey going through all of this. So if you want more uh, details, did, check out Silo's book. What's your book called, Silo? Uh, better Than This. Better Than This. Okay, but give us, give us the short version. Give us the short version. So the short version is a boss that I had from like year one when I moved to Vegas. I randomly called them up and told them that I was homeless. And he literally just, I have no reason why. I haven't talked to him before this probably for about three to four years. So that's how much time went by before I even spoke to him again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. There's just a, a small voice in the back of my head that just said, call Eric, call Eric. And I was like, I haven't talked to him in four years. What would I have to say? Uh, you know, like, why would he even want to talk to me? I'm a loser. I'm eating out of garbage cans. I'm homeless. Like, I haven't showered in six months. Like, why would I even call him? And it was just that annoying voice in the back of my head just said, call him, and it just started getting louder. So I called him, told him what was going on, and literally he stepped up and said, "Uh, hey, you know, I've got this key. You know, he was going into a business with a partner of his. The business ended up falling apart. He was actually premature in the business and went and rented an office, hoping that they would have employees to fill this office and they would start making money and the partnership would, you know, become fruitful. Uh, The partnership fell apart. He still had this office, no employees in it. The tiny 12 by 14 room with zero windows, Mm -hmm. just a door, little Mm -hmm. tiny office suite. And he said to me in the phone call, he said, listen, I've got this office suite. It's tiny. I didn't pay the rent on it last month. I don't plan on paying the rent on it this month. Mm-hmm. And if they throw everything out in the, in the office, I could care less. But he said, I still have the key. And if you want it, I'll give it to you. And I took it because of what that key represented. That key represented to me an opportunity. It represented shelter. It represented security. It represented a way out. So I took it. Wow. And he literally wouldn't, wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> he was there through the entire process, helped me go on job interviews, and you know, he gave me rides, and, and he was just there for the mental and emotional support. Mm-hmm. And today I do the same thing for those who are less fortunate, fortunate currently. Wow. What an incredible story. And uh, what, you know, I think sometimes we don't even understand the impact we can have on somebody else's life uh, just by being there to support them, by helping them in, in what ways that we can. It sounded like he really stepped up and did that. And thank you, Silo, for paying it forward and now doing for others what you had done unto you, uh, which is giving them the support, the key, the opportunities and the really the love that they need to 
learn how to fish. So thank you so much, Silo. Now I want to I want to talk a little bit about. So you, the first week you got off the street, you went back, you had this big pot of spaghetti, you fed some people, you said, hey, I just want to pay it forward. Now this caught on like wildfire. I mean, you've been on some pretty major uh, news stations and pretty major media for the work that you've done. Is that right? Yeah. So how did people get wind of this? What happened there? How did it become so popular, the movement that you've, that you, that all began with a pot of spaghetti? You know, it. That's a really great question because a lot of people don't ask that. And I think it was a combination of things. And one of those things was the fact that, you know, I myself have a very strong mission and vision and value. And I try my best to instill that into everyone who also believes in what I believe Mm -hmm. and has a vision and mission and has values. And when you speak to those who have the same mission and vision and values that you have, it's very easy to come together and start forming a tribe. And, you know, and it came from me just being outspoken about my mission and vision, which actually gravitated them towards me, uh, including the media outlets and including the, you know, magazine write-ups and and such and such. Um, Another thing that I did to kind of help raise awareness because what I believed in and still believe in today uh, is the fact that no one person should ever go hungry because I sincerely know how it feels to go three to four days without eating anything. So um, my belief was that more people needed to know what we were doing so more people can get involved and there were nights where I was up at four o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> After I served my first pot of spaghetti and they, uh, things are starting to roll and, you know, our volunteers are coming down and we're getting 20 to 30 brand new volunteers every Monday as we're serving. Uh, our, our base started to grow by 10 to 20 to 30 to 40, 50 volunteers. I mean, we just started to grow. There is a time where we, I go out on Mondays, I get up at like 4 a.m., and go and I put in the work and then I go down to our storage and I'd get a bunch of tables and then I head out to, to our serving by 6 p.m. And we'd set up and serve at 6.30. We're done by 9.30, 10 o'clock, served about 250 people wow. back at my storage, dropping off tables, saying goodbye to our volunteers for a night, going home, getting two hours of sleep and then waking up again just so I can email as many news anchors as possible. Wow. Well, you know, (laughs) Silo, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave everybody here with a little bit of a cliffhanger. You're obviously inspiring people with your passion. You're motivated. You're working hard. A lot of this came through the experience that you had yourself and your passion for helping others through their difficulties. Uh, You're much bigger now than a pot of spaghetti. You've begun to take us on that journey. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Silo Moses about what media outlets he's been featured on and what exactly he's doing today. Plus, Silo has some great tips for all of us that we can implement into our life. So grab your notebook, your pen, your paper, your phone, whatever you want to take notes on when we come back more with Silo Moses. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa... 
puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. Today I have with me Silo Moses. If you're just joining us, Silo has an incredible story. Uh, really great, hardworking American guy. He was living paycheck to paycheck. One day the paycheck didn't come, found himself homeless on the streets in Las Vegas after somebody showed him an incredible amount of compassion and love and was there to support and help him get back on his feet. He was determined to do the same. Uh, His very first week that he was back uh, off of the streets, I guess, he was off of the streets, he brought a big pot of spaghetti down and started feeding people. Uh, This turned into a movement where eventually he had uh, dozens of volunteers coming to help him feed homeless people. And really, Silo, your whole mission was to help people get off the streets as well. So uh, tell me what this has evolved into today. Oh, yeah, awesome. Um, So here we are a few years later, and it's just incredible because literally it all just started with the notion of keeping one person out of, you know, from, from finding food out of a dumpster that's all I wanted to do, just go out and serve one person, keep that one person out of the dumpster that night for finding dinner or finding whatever. And today, here we are, if you fast forward just a few years, I mean, we're less than a handful of years of doing this. And, you know, today we're an organization that boasts over 105 volunteers. Uh, we have, uh, in the, since inception, has served over 91,135 meals for absolutely free uh, to our, all those who are local and less fortunate. And we've had over, last year alone, 5,000 local people come down and give back with us. So it's been really such a blessing. 
Well, you know, if anybody's listening to this and you're doubting yourself thinking, gosh, what can I really do? How can I really make a difference? Take a page out of Silo's book. I mean, you really still had hardly anything when you went down with that first pot of spaghetti. And now you're making an incredible difference in Las Vegas because of your passion, because of your drive-in. And can you name some of the uh, media outlets that you've been featured on as well, Silo? Sure, absolutely. And you know what's important to say, too, is that, you know, these, everything that we've received literally didn't start rolling in overnight. It literally mm-hmm. took us a good year and a half of just, like, grinding it out, doing what we love, having a great vision and a great mission. And a year and a half was kind of like the tipping point where everything started to kind of come together, the accolades, the acknowledgments, the press, right? But it was a year and a half of no one even knowing who we are or even caring to the point to where we got to that tipping point that people started mm-hmm. to recognize and notice. So I just wanted to kind of, because I didn't want, I don't want it to sound like uh, it's a fairy tale. It wasn't right? an overnight, a, it wasn't an overnight success by any means. I mean, you're talking about no. staying up at all hours, moving tables, helping people, working hard. It wasn't, it wasn't an overnight thing. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great point right. to bring up. Yeah. So by the time uh, all the acknowledgements came and by the time the, the media came, it was, more of like they were just now starting to catch up to all of the work that we put in a year and a half prior. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of those, the, some of those uh, outlets that actually caught on, that caught on to the fire, I'd like to say, uh, is, you know, Inc. Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a great write-up on us. Uh, Channel 3 News, Channel 5 News. Uh, Vice Magazine did a great write-up on us. Um, Oh my gosh, there's just so many. I can't even remember who they are. Um, and I apologize if they're listening in. There's just been so many since, you know, uh, they caught the fire. Yeah, well, that's great. And you are the one who reached out to them. Is that right? Yeah, in the very beginning, I was working like a bandit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, please, will someone just listen to us? Will someone please just hear our story? And I didn't have any friends in media. I didn't know any journalists. I didn't know anyone at television stations or anyone who had written for an awesome magazine or site or blog. I, I literally just blind emailed five people every night for seven days straight for two months straight. Now, now so, this is a great, great lesson, and I hope that everybody's taking note of this because, it, it, you know, I think a lot of the times we wait for people to recognize us. We think, oh, I'm doing these good things. When am I going to get recognized? When's the news going to notice? When's so-and-so going to recognize me? But sometimes you, and most of the time, really, you have to be the one to put the work in. You have to be the one that says, hey, listen to this. Look at this. We're doing some incredible things here. Now let's get the message out so we can get more people on board. And that's exactly what you did. Uh, I'm sure you got a lot of no's or a lot of no replies, um, far many more than you got yeses. Oh, absolutely. And it's just funny because since we're on the topic, um, we have a, um, a good handful, even 10 corporate sponsors in which we are absolutely indebted to. And we absolutely love one of our very first corporate sponsor ever was Starbucks. Wow, really? Uh, wow, that's good. Yeah. That's a good That's a good first corporate sponsor. I'm impressed. I need your help getting some sponsors. <laughs> Let's talk after the show. And they, uh, they are that story. Like I oh. went into a local Starbucks and I went in, and it's a long story, but I'll give you kind of just like the cliff notes. It was a mm-hmm. Saturday morning. I had gone door knocking, 
asking business owners, people who own coffee shops, bagel shops, restaurants. I went door knocking on a Saturday at 9 a.m. and I door knocked till about like 5.30 and p.m. And I must have knocked on 100 doors and heard 100 supervisors, managers, business owners tell me, no, they will not help us. All I wanted them to do was give me the food that they were throwing away at the end of the day. And instead of throwing it in a dumpster, giving it to me so I can go serve people with it. You know what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish your story. And then I have to tell you something really cool, Silo. So go ahead and finish (laughs) your story. And I literally heard a thousand ways you could tell somebody no, (laughs) right? It's no, just not right now. No, it's not what we do. Um, Come back next week and talk to the manager, you know, all those things. So I, at the end of the day, was completely frustrated Mm -hmm. because here I am with my, I have no, like, my confidence is in the dirt, right? I can't figure out why people just don't want to give up food that they're throwing away in a dumpster to me so I can give it out to people who are starving for free, right? Um, And I was literally willing to do all the work, pick up the food, go do the serving, Mm -hmm. give them all the acknowledgements that they need online on social media, and they were saying no. So I went to a Starbucks, local Starbucks downtown, where I was door knocking. It's in a it's in a corporate building. Mm-hmm. So unlike other Starbucks locations that usually stay open until ten o'clock at night, this location actually closes on the weekends and mm-hmm. closes at six p.m. when the building shuts down. And I walked in at five thirty, and I thought the only thing that would really savage us uh, not savage but salvage this day would mm-hmm. be a cup of. Starbucks hot chocolate because yeah. I love their hot chocolate. And I went in and there's a lady behind the counter. She takes my order. I'm standing there. I'm one of the last people in the store because they're shutting down. And there's a lady or, or a woman that comes from behind the counter. She opens up their glass case where all their food is displayed, all their muffins, cakes, and lollipops. Mm-hmm. And she literally pulls a big black dumpster like a little like a garbage can over to the display counter lifts up this food from inside the display case and dumps it out in front of me now i can't tell you just how livid that made me (laughs) because here i am door knocking since 9 a.m in the morning a thousand people have told me no 100 people have told me no and i'm standing in front of someone who's literally throwing perfectly good food in a garbage can in front of me Mm -hmm. so her and I, and, and I apologize to her every time I see her because she still works at that <laughs> Starbucks location when I see her. Yeah. I always go in and say, I'm so sorry for how we first met because I literally pretty much went off on her. And it was not her problem. It was just the fact I was so mm-hmm. frustrated. And now here's this woman who has the, the gall to take perfectly good food and throw it out in mm-hmm. front of me, and even though she was doing her job. So her and I kind of like exchanged, you know, like, my passion for her passion. We can't give you the food. It's not Starbucks. Uh, it's corporate policy. We can't hand our food out at the end of the day. We don't know where the food's going. What if someone gets sick, et cetera, et cetera. All the excuses I heard that day up to that point. So I told her literally our conversation wasn't good enough for me and that I needed to talk to her manager. <laughs> so her manager comes out of the office. You could see the look on her face, no smile, stone cold face. You could tell she was probably in the back doing like, you know, receipts, last minute stuff, trying to get out of the store. And now she's got this guy in her lobby who won't leave because her employee is throwing out food, right? Which is part of her employee's job. Mm-hmm. So she comes out and she says, is there a problem here? And they go, listen, your employee is throwing out food. I serve those who are homeless. Give me your food so I can serve the homeless with your food. And she said the same thing. No, corporate policy. We can't do it. Starbucks does not do that, et cetera. 
later, obviously, to kind of wrap this up, she eventually agreed. She gave me the food. She said, if I give you the food right now, this one time, do you promise to leave my store? Because now it's like <laughs> 6, 10, and they should yeah. have left like 10 yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. And uh, I go, yes, I promise. So she gave me the food. And if I took the food with me that Saturday at 7 p.m. I'm downtown Homeless Corridor and I'm hanging out her, handing out her food, her donuts, the muffins, everything that she gave me. The smartest thing I ever did was take pictures of what I was doing. And I took pictures not of me handing out the food, but the smiles and the joy that came to the people who received her food. So the following Saturday, I went back. <laughs> Even though I promised I wouldn't. And she said, you again? And I go, yes. She said, I told you I'm not going to give you any food. It was just that one time. And I said, I understand. I know, I know. But look what you've done. And I popped out my phone and I showed her the pictures. And I showed her all of the pictures of people eating her food, smiling, those who are less fortunate. And um, she says, all right, fine. I'll give you food just one more time, but you promise not to come back next Saturday or I promise. And of course I came back the following Saturday and then they just became our sponsor. Mm-hmm. So determination, persistence, right? But the smartest thing that I ever did was not taking no for an answer and showing her proof of where her food was going and showing her the impact that she was making, her store was making in our community locally and showing her that we can be trusted with her food. Wow. Uh, and that was actually started you know, number one store uh, about six months to nine months later. Uh, we didn't have just one Starbucks store in our valley. We had 19. Wow. And, you know, I, so, I uh, as you're listening to the story, I totally got the chills because uh, I had a very similar experience. About a few years ago, I was uh, I would go and do food runs for the food bank in my local town, living in a local town uh, up in Idaho called Star Idaho, small town. Um, and people would come once a week and, to the food bank that didn't have food, and they would get food. And I would go and make these food runs to different stores. And one of the top sponsors for that food bank was Starbucks. And I would go in every single week, and I would get their donated food, and I would bring it back. And the people that would come to get the food at the food bank were so excited because they got the Starbucks muffins and the Starbucks lollipops and the Starbucks, you know, their little cakes and things that they that they gave out. So, um, yeah. So thank you, Silo. I don't know if, if, you, if you did something to change corporate policy or if that's an individual store-to-store basis, but um, – but thank you for the generosity of Starbucks, and thank you for not taking no for an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, today now they now it's policy. Today now you know they give you know two local food banks, and they do it through uh, Feeding America. And, and uh, but was the way it, that we got started mm-hmm. was just simply going in. Going you know, in. the store that we first mm-hmm. was our first sponsor just happened to be a store that was locally owned, so mm-hmm. it wasn't corporate. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. Yeah. Until, you know, a few months later. Uh, but, yeah, that was the route that we took. Since that point, we just started going to all the Starbucks stores uh, and meeting with locally owned Starbucks stores yeah. versus the corporate stores. And that's kind of how we got them on board at first. That's great. Well, uh, you know, I sure appreciate that. And I, I think, you know, my grandparents did something similar uh, when I was younger growing up in the town where, where we all lived, and they would go to bagel shops. I remember twice a week and get all the bagels that they were going to throw out, and then they would go down and, and give them to the local homeless shelter. And so, you know, right then, you know, in and of itself, that's one thing that people can do. Do you have a local bakery? Do you have a local donut shop? Do you have somewhere where they, you know that they're throwing out food? And are there people 
in your town that could use that food? Are there people that um, that you know if you if you were the vehicle, if you went and got that food and brought it to the people, are there people that would have a meal that wouldn't be hungry because of the time that you took to go in and do that? So thank you for sharing that story. Now I know Silo, we've got about two minutes till break. I know you've got some tips for uh, everybody out there who's looking to make a difference, and we won't have time to get into all these tips before break, but. I'd love for you to share a couple of them with us right now and then the rest after break. So what what's a tip for somebody who's really looking to make a difference, who wants to uh, change the world and just doesn't know where to start? Yeah, a great question. And uh, I love answering these questions or this kind of question because it's the most important question because it helps people have a starting point. Uh, if you have a passion to go out and give back, pay it forward, make a dent in your local community by doing something really great, you know, these tips will basically help you get started. And the one tip that I say that I have to say is I meet a lot of people who proudly say to me, and again, you know, we do the same thing. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything, you know, wrong about them or this belief, but they say that, you know, I don't give those who are homeless money because they'll just go buy drugs and alcohol with it. Yeah, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Right. And what I like to say is, you know, we don't give people money either, but our our reason is different. See, for when I got off the when I got off the streets and got back on my feet, uh a dollar didn't do it. It was being ready it was knowing I had an opportunity, taking advantage of opportunity and just being sick and tired of being sick and tired of the situation and scenario I was in. So we don't give money for that reason. But the one tip that I would say is this. If you are that person who doesn't give money simply because you believe that they will go and buy drugs or alcohol with it or whatever, I say is this. You can't control what somebody does with a gift once you give it to them. So that would be tip number one. Your job, your duty, and your honor is to give them that gift. What they decide to do with it afterwards is completely up to them. But once you gift them, whether it's food, it's a sandwich, it's a bottle of water, or a dollar, you've done your job. It's almost like trying to control what your uncle does with that ugly tie that you gave him for Christmas <laughs> last year. Okay, right? good point, good like, point. Like, I gave you this ugly tie and you returned it. Like, I'm not going to give it to you because you're probably going to go return it. So is that really a gift? Mm. Right? So we, we necessarily can't control what someone does with a gift once we give it to them. So give from an open heart. And uh, silence. Give from a great place. And just understand that once you give them that gift, you've done your job. Silo, Whether, you- what, no matter... Oh, sorry. No matter what that gift is. <laughs> That's great. You bring, you bring up a really good point in that. I think uh, the word that comes to mind is expectation. And if we're truly unconditionally loving somebody, if we're truly giving a gift with no strings attached, that means we don't we let go of all expectations of how that person is going to use that gift or how that person is going to react to our love or our service to them. It's if we're, if we're truly giving from a place where we have that unconditional love and it's true giving, then that means there's no expectations in return. Uh, Silo, great tip. We're going to uh, get some more good tips from you coming up right after this commercial break. More with Silo Moses coming up next. Awesome.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. We're on today with Silo Moses, who uh, was once homeless. Now he's feeding, uh, oh gosh, close to 100,000 homeless people in Las Vegas. Is that right, Silo? Uh, 91,000. 91. Well, that's close. I I would say that's close. I'm rounding up, rounding up to the nearest (laughs) 10,000. Silo is so giving that he also has a big giveaway that he's going to be doing at the end of our show. So make sure you stick around. Don't go anywhere. I just got that giving spirit. And and speaking of giving, Silo, the first tip that you gave to everybody before the commercial break uh, who wants to make a greater impact is to to give without expectations, uh, to give your gift, and don't make any judgments along with that. If you are giving money to someone who's on the street, if you're giving food to somebody who's on the street, whatever it is, that's your gift to give to them. Uh, do it with with no strings attached, and you've done your job. Is that right? Absolutely. So what other tips do you have? I, you know, another tip that I would give is when you, so when you want to, when you go give, and specifically when you want to go give someone who's less fortunate or someone who is homeless living on the streets and you want to give, whether it's a bottle of water, a sandwich, whatever it is that you want to give, I would say just be prepared and available to have a conversation. And some people who are less fortunate won't want to talk and that's okay, but always be sensitive to their needs and to their stories. For me, most people ask, what was the worst part about mm-hmm. being homeless? And I tell them it's, it's not, not knowing what you're going to eat or when it's not, not having a place to go to at the end of the day, like an address. 
what the worst part about being homeless is how other people treat you while you're homeless. So if you come across someone who's less fortunate and you give them a sandwich, be prepared to just be mentally prepared, emotionally prepared to give them space to kind of tell their story because these are people who are ignored. They're ghosts in our society. When you're homeless, no one waves to you and says hi. When you're homeless, no one walks up to you and asks you, how is your day going? When you're homeless, no one even knows your name. So I would say a most important part of your give is not necessarily, well, I would say it's the bottle of water. It's also the sandwich. It's if you want to give money, it's that $5. But I would say the really most important part or most important tip to give would be to give your time, to give an ear, and to give genuine feedback and listen to their stories while you're serving them. You know, that that hits close to home for me, and I know I shared this story with you, Silo, but I learned a very important lesson uh, not too long ago. Before I moved here to Phoenix, I was visiting, and I was walking down the street of downtown Phoenix with a friend. Now, I'm from Idaho. There's not a lot of homeless people in Idaho. First of all, I came from a small town. Second of all, it gets cold there. I mean, there's just not a huge homeless population there uh, that's on the streets. And so, I, you know, like you, I felt slightly uncomfortable uh, encountering somebody who was living on the street. I felt, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do. It made me uncomfortable see somebody suffering or, you know, whatever. And and I passed judgment. And I remember walking down the street with my friend uh, in downtown Phoenix and seeing someone walking towards us. And this man walking towards us, obviously, he had tattered clothes. His hair was dirty. He had a backpack on his back. And I thought to myself, oh, great. You know, this is somebody's going to come up. He's going to ask us for money. You know, I'm glad it's daylight. I'm glad there's a lot of people around. I'm, you know, I feel semi-safe. And all these things are running through my mind. And just before he gets to me and my friend, and, and I make it a little emotional here, he stopped and he knelt down. It was only then that I noticed that there was a man laying on the sidewalk beside us and I hadn't even noticed him. And this man was in far worse shape than the one walking towards us. He had no shoes and he had just a thin light jacket and it was a, it was a brisk morning. And this man that had been walking towards us, the one that I had been judging, pulled off his backpack and he took a pair of socks and shoes out and gave it to this man. I will never forget the man on the street looked up at him with this big toothless grin and they started talking. And as I kept walking, I thought, who am I to judge somebody who obviously has less than I, but would not walk by somebody on the street that would stop, that would help, that would make a difference in that person's life. And it was in that moment that I committed to myself that I would never do that again. And that I would use every gift that I've been given to help those in need. And um, that's what actually started the Spirit Summit, which you're going to be involved in here uh, in Phoenix this upcoming weekend. I'm so excited about that. www.spiritsummit.com for any of you who want to know more about what that is. But that to me was where I got the passion and the drive to do that. I thought, enough, I'm not going to judge. And everybody, everybody um, in my belief system is a child of God, but everybody's an important person. Um, so I, I appreciate you and what you're doing and the fact that you would bring up sometimes it's, it's, it's not just the gift that you give, but it's the love that you share or show to somebody. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, and I, I appreciate you sharing your story uh, because it's so important. Because we've all been in one place or another in your story. Um, and it's very important to give. And it's very important to give without judgment. And it's very important to give from a warm, safe place. Right? So, um, yeah, thank you again for sharing that story with me. It's always like every time you share, it's always like, 
the first time, <laughs> which is great. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I just share it when I feel inspired to share it. I don't want to share that story. But, uh, uh, <laughs> That's great. Such a great story. It's so, a great lesson. It's yeah, a great lesson. It is. Well, in, in you know, every experience that we have in life, uh, including your experience of being homeless, it those are all things that we can learn. Those are all lessons. It's what we do with those. Uh, how are we going to change the world? How is this lesson going to affect our life for the better, maybe the lives of others around us? And you've, you've taught that. So, Silo, you've given us two great tips. Uh, do you, we, we have a few more minutes to share some more, and then I want to make sure people know exactly how to get a hold of you, and you've got those free giveaways. So uh, what's another tip for somebody who's wanting to make a greater difference? Yeah, I would say, um, and again, I've got nine tips literally just to get you started to make sure when you go out and you give that you're giving from a great place and that you're doing it without judgment and doing it with love and honor. Uh, but the third tip, and anyone who would like to receive those tips can obviously contact me. Uh, so the third tip that I would give you though, while we're on this show is inspire others, inspire others, start a movement. If you go out and you serve someone a sandwich and you know, that person, and you've, you've came from a great place, as you handed them that sandwich, mm-hmm. you mentally prepared and emotionally prepared to give them 15 minutes to kind of tell you their story, just to give them space to be them. And if you did all this without judgment, post it on Facebook and inspire someone somewhere else to go out and do the same thing, right? Tell your story, tell about the person that you met, tell them how they impacted you, tell them about why you actually went out and did it in the first place. I know a lot of people, and I can't emphasize this anymore because I know so many people, so many great givers and so many great volunteers and they go out and they serve and they're committed and they do it week in and week out and they never post anything on Facebook. And they say, well, I don't do this for the acknowledgement. I don't do this for the applause. And I get that. I don't either. We don't either. You know, but you know, you want to inspire others to do the same and let them know they don't need a ton of money to go out and give. They don't need a ton of resources Literally, they don't even need anyone else but themselves in a pot of spaghetti, right? So, and how would they know that if you're not inspiring them? You know to that, do so? that that that's a great point. I think what a lot of people would consider bragging or tooting their own horn actually could inspire many people to do the same if done right, like you said, um, and, and shared authentically from the heart. So that's another great tip. And one of the blessings of living in the day and age that we live in today is that we have so media. We can connect with people all over the world. We can have these movements, these uh, awesome things happening, and they don't need to be just contained to the people in in our immediate area. You can inspire people all over the world, which I know you've been doing, Silo. Um, Before we share any other tips, and we may have time, we may not have time, you've given us three great tips, but you mentioned there's nine. How can somebody who's listening to the show and they think, I want all nine of these tips, how can they get those tips? Yeah, great question. They can actually email me and I will send them a PDF of my nine tips absolutely free. Wow, great. And I'll send it to them via email. And these are nine tips that they can literally go out and start serving tonight uh, and do it from a comfortable place and do it without judgment, do it without love. I have a few tips within my nine tips that also raise awareness you know, so making sure you're aware of, you know, where you're going, um, the part of town that you're in, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if anyone would like those tips, they can email me. And I'll give you the email now. They can email me at 
I'm better than this, the book. So all one word, I'm better than this, the book at gmail.com. Great. I'm better than this book, the book. I'm better than this, the yeah. book at gmail.com. Great. Hopefully uh, somebody listening or everybody listening takes advantage of that and getting those nine tips. And Sila, where where might somebody find your book and who is your book for? Uh, wow, that's a good question. I actually never even thought of that. <laughs> to give you a little, quick little back end of, the, of my book, the entire time I was going through homelessness, I kept a journal. And my journal was my way of staying sane because, again, while you're homeless, you know, people don't know your name. People care less to know your name. They don't speak to you. No one asks mm-hmm. you, how is your day going? So the only thing that literally kept me sane was my journal. And I wrote in it every night when I went to sleep and every morning the next day. And I'd write about the day that I just had, and I'd write about the day moving forward. And I'd write, today I wish someone to smile at me. Today, I wish someone to say hi to me. Today, I wish someone to recognize me. And I'd write this all in my journal. Well, months after, I, after I'd gotten back on my feet, had a little bit of food in the fridge, had comfort, stability, security, I was renting a room, I decided to take my journal and throw it up in a blog. And I threw it online in a blog, literally told no one about it for the first few months. And I figured if you were to find my blog, read my journal, and it was meant for you to read. And, you know, literally within the first month, I think there was like 30 views. I was like, yes, 30 people read my (laughs) journal. This is amazing. Uh, 60 days later, uh, it was like 180 views, and I think today it's upwards of 69,000 views. Wow. So once it hit, though, 20,000 views, I thought, okay, I've got to do something with this. So then I took my journal, which turned into Mm -hmm. a hit blog, reformatted it and turned it into the book which is now available called Better Than This. Well, and I've got and great I've got great news for Shannon D Hughes who's on there. I know you're going to tell us where to get the book, but he says I'm all over that book. Now, you're going to tell us not only where someone can buy the book, but you're going to give away some of those books as well, is that right? That is right. You're so, like I am now cuz you just announced it. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> that is so, I am now. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so anyone listening right now, I'm going to give out three copies, three digital MP, uh, PDF versions of my book right now for free. All you have to do to get the digital PDF version of my book is to email I'm better than this, the book at gmail.com, and I will send the first three people to shoot me an email right now a digital PDF version of my book. If you'd like a physical copy, they will be available next week on Amazon and for Kindle. If you can't wait till next week, email me and you can, I will happily allow you to pay for a hard copy version of my book and I'll send it to you in the mail. Um, and you can also email me at I'm better than this the book at gmail.com well, thank, for that hard copy. Thank you. That's so generous. And Shannon, hopefully you got that. Shannon's watching on Facebook Live. He's been making comments and uh, he, he, he would uh, absolutely enjoy and love that book. So hopefully you're all over that, Shannon. Um, everybody else that's listening got that email address. Thank you so much for being on here, Silo. Thank you for inspiring us. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Spirit Summit this weekend in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, make sure you check Silo Moses out. You can, can Google him. You can check him out. Uh, he has his new book coming 
coming out. I'm better than this. And uh, Silo, I can't wait to hear all uh, about what you're doing uh, in the upcoming years and the huge impact that you're making on society and on the world. Thank you for all you're doing. And thank you to all those who are, are listening. Uh, this is Allison H. Larson with Spotlight. And stay tuned. Uh, next week, we're going to have more people that have changed their lives and then now working to make a greater impact and difference in the world. See you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.